it's you kind of just have this immediate like brand recognition of oh I just like see um like this billboard on the side of the road and I just get like a quick glimpse glimpse of it oftentimes you can recognize what brand that is because they've done such a good job of communicating those colors those shapes those styles to you mm. um mm -hmm. over time and like artists really are well served from doing a similar thing um mm. if they're kind of just like anyone's like oh that's so and so they start to create this legacy of what who they are and how that gets communicated out into the world um and it just like makes a much bigger mark it leaves a much bigger impression in people's minds obviously everyone is extraordinarily visually oriented and to give them something more to chew on to make the world a little bit broader than purely the music um mm -hmm. gives you i think a much better foothold in their minds um mm -hmm. and it just like in their long-term recall for who you are and what you're all about so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's just another avenue to communicate your messages and your thoughts and who you are as a person um and if you do that really well then not only will the fans be interested in you but certainly mm -hmm. like it gives you um, a lot more credibility when you're trying to uh, like find a manager or get signed to a company or have press outlets care about you at all. Like it just looks like you have your shit together. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out DistroKid.com. Hello, hello. What's going on? Welcome to the New Music Business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book. Today, my guest is Jess Severn. She, for seven years, worked at Scooter Braun's company doing uh, creative direction, and she spearheaded the campaigns of Sean Mendes, Wonder, Justin Bieber's Changes album and tour, uh, actually all of Justin Bieber's stuff for the last uh, almost decade, uh, Bieber's Yummy campaign, Ariana Grande, Thank You, Next, Youngblood, Sabrina Carpenter, virtually everything she's done visually and aesthetically for the last uh, seven years or so. If you look at Scooter Braun's roster, you will see the artists at that level and the kinds of campaigns that she's worked on. Don't worry, we didn't talk about how to run a superstar campaign. I know most of you listening to this are not superstars right now or managers of superstars. That's not what we got into today. Today we talk about branding, artist branding. What does that even mean? Uh, what is a design aesthetic? How to brand yourself? The importance of it, why you should think about branding or what that even means? Uh, how do you put together album campaigns, single campaigns, music videos, all of that stuff? Uh, she had a really great take and philosophy on how artist branding works and the creative direction and just how to create your whole aesthetic and brand. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. As always, please like, subscribe, follow us. However you're listening to the show right now, please hit that follow or subscribe button. And at the very least, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. Uh, five stars, please, if you dig it. If you're listening on YouTube, please leave a comment. That would be awesome as well. As always, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Ari Herstand. You can find all of us who put the show together at Ari's Take on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. 
Make sure that you find us at ariestake.com. You sign up for that email list. That email list is the most valuable resource right now, and that is where you're going to be informed of all of the new developments in the music business, in the new music business. And every time we release an episode, you'll get an email about that too. All right, let's kick into the show. Jess Severn, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate yeah. it deeply. <laughs> totally. And you're in LA, right? I am. Yeah. What about you? Uh, in LA as well. And this is, you yeah. know, right. Ever since uh, we started doing all of these virtually, I never know where anybody is, um, but I did Impossible see somewhere that, you're, right. <laughs> and so since we're just, everything is virtual and everything is Zoom now, it's just like, yeah, uh, even some of my close friends who are 10 minutes down the road, I'm just FaceTiming these days. I'm not even actually yeah. not linking in person. And I made a <laughs> yeah, whole no, album in quarantine uh, with my producer who lives 15 <laughs> minutes down the way, just like this over Zoom. But hey, you know, we do what we can. exactly um so i'm really excited to talk to you today uh about everything that you do but specifically in the realm of branding uh and creative design because this is something so you know running artists take academy we have we have uh so many of these incredibly talented artists who um their music is phenomenal and uh, there's like no doubt. And when I they send me their music, I listen to the music. It's like, man, this is so good. This is this is like you know generation defining potentially. <laughs> and then I kind of take a look at all their their Instagram or their website or see the branding and see some of the the promo that they've run or videos that they have. And on one hand, it's like this doesn't make any sense. It's all over the place or two. It's just like, <laughs> Oh gosh, this doesn't actually do a good service to the music. It doesn't represent the music accurate. The music sounds so unbelievable, but like people judge, uh, the music typically on what it looks like before they even hit play before they even listen to it. And that's why like visuals are so important. And so it's like, it breaks my heart that there are so many artists out there that are so talented, but do not have their branding on point, don't even know where to begin. So before we kick into all of that, because I know I just threw a bunch at you and you're like, man, I could jump on any one of those points. I know. I know. And that's why you're here. (laughs) And we're going to dig into all of that. But for people that, um, so I, I, I've set you up and did the intro, um, and people know that you worked with Scooter Braun at uh, his company for, for I think, seven years or so, yeah. and yeah. you did Bieber, Justin Bieber campaign, Shawn Mendes, Ariana Grande, Youngblood, um, all of that stuff. Now, the majority of our listeners right now um, are independent musicians, independent mm-hmm. managers. They don't have Bieber budgets. They don't have Ariana Grande budgets. They're not repped by Scooter Braun. So I want to preface everything that we're going to talk about because, like, I we're not going to go down a rabbit hole of how you did the brilliant uh, campaign for Bieber's changes or Ariana Grande, which I can only imagine the budgets that you were working with there. Sure, right. sure, sure. <laughs> so yeah. what I, where I want to begin with you is um, give me your philosophy on um, where – uh, the aesthetic, branding, whatever you want to call it, you you lay it out, lay out the terms for me uh, on when and how artists should think about what branding means for them, especially the artists that don't have managers right now, and they're like, "Man, I have to do all this on my own. What do I? Where do I even begin?" Yeah. So take it from there, and let's just go into it, and then we'll 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 ride. 
Absolutely. Okay, man. Yes. So much, so much ground to cover. Uh, yes. It's just something I think about constantly and certainly yeah. something that, especially as I've left the, um, the in-house position at Scooter Braun and gone into my own independent craft, mm-hmm. um, something that I focus on all the time because, uh, something that my partner and I like to do is really just like focus on people that we care about very, very much. Mm. We are not necessarily selecting for giant artists, like, like globally recognized names. We're more looking for people that have a strong sense of self, um, have a strong dedication to their craft and who are just as excited to work on all of that as we are. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and also who just aren't assholes, like we're very much looking for that. <laughs> very um, important. And so, uh, certainly it is surprising the number of people who just like don't have any kind of brand, but exactly like you're saying, do have a significant amount of amazing music. And certainly if they were branded well, like would probably have a much broader audience and like have a much easier time of it. Um, So I really enjoy if, if, I really appreciate the artists that take the time to kind of look at the world around them and determine kind of what, like, like what other artists they may identify with, what other brands they may identify with. Um, it is interesting kind of interacting with so many people who, while they may have a very strong, um, like, uh, like opinion and set of like creative uh, powers within the music space, they really mm-hmm. don't have any kind of like visual acumen whatsoever. Um, yes. And so I really like to go through these brand therapy exercises with these people or just sort of like a branding first date like what yeah. do you what do you uh, yeah like what do you care about um where did you come from what how would you describe yourself and your music um how would you definitely not describe yourself in your music uh what is your sort of long-term career look like to you um what are brands that you find inspirational and I like to just like take them through that path um mm. and it kind of immediately just like clarifies so much about like who they think they are and where they're trying to go, obviously. And so when you have that in mind, um, it just makes it a lot easier to start to pluck the visuals from that, like that just like weird ether and like make mm. them a little bit more solid. Um, do you so have a, it, do you have a welcome questionnaire in like those questions when yes, you bring exactly. on an artist or something? Okay. That, I mean, yeah. just those questions that you just listed, uh, that's it. it I, I'm starting to think about, man, if I'm the artist and you're bringing me in, it's like, it's so illuminating. And, and I, a lot of artists aren't really thinking like that. Yeah, uh, what brands, yeah. yeah. So you call it brand therapy. I love that. Um, yeah, that's actually not even, not even mine. I worked with like a graphic oh. shop a couple of years ago who started referring to it as that. And I was like, okay. that's fucking awesome. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. Like that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, so they I, do this questionnaire. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. Um, I, I'm yeah. still going to cite you as, as the, the <laughs> owner. That's where I heard it first. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you're doing this intake and, and you're helping them understand. Um, so yes, what are the next steps once you kind they fill out this question? questionnaire, where do you go from there? Yeah. So it immediately then kind of goes into this mood board process, which is just Mm. so fun. And it's kind of, um, it can be as collaborative or as like self-directed or us directed as the thing needs to be. I love it when like, when an artist does have that sense of self where they can kind of go and say like, I like this. I feel like I resonate with that. Like, I like the color pink. I like butterflies. I like these things. I like it to be Mm -hmm. a little bit old school and lo-fi. What do all those things put together? Um, So it's nice kind of when they can point you in a direction or at least say what they do like, as opposed to simply what they don't like. Um, Mm. I think being able to refine that helps out significantly in anyone's creative process, whether self-guided or whether you're working with a shop like mine. Um, Mm -hmm. It just, it's it's great to be able to kind of hone your own visual muscles and look Mm. out there and say, that is me, that is part of me, that that is what this should be and kind of identify part of that. 
Yeah. Do you? Um, I, I want to get even even more specific about this this process sure. of the mood board. Um, do uh, you yes, present yes. them ideas of like A or B, and then you go through that thing, or do you say, "Hey, here's Pinterest. You may have never used it before, but here's <laughs> how you can use it, and this is what." And you guide them, and say, "Now create your own board. I want you." So, like, get a little bit more specific with me. So, if somebody's listening sure. to this and like, "I want to make a mood board," how do I begin? How do I do this? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, Pinterest, absolutely like huge, huge platform that I like a lot of these people use. I like mm-hmm. to use this one program called Millinote purely mm-hmm. because it allows for a lot more flexibility in the way the information is presented. But if you're not coming at it from like a graphic background, I do think Pinterest is probably the move. If not okay. just loosely pulling JPEGs from the internet and texting them to me, like that, <laughs> like any, any of those things sure. are totally, totally viable, but yes. So, so in the mood board process, often, unless someone comes to it with just like a very strong vision in mind all on their own and like mm-hmm. is going to be providing that from the jump, we will just make a mood board. Um, so it'll kind of be like, if we're jumping into like the very, very beginning of the project, and if we're just talking about the artist brand, we're not talking necessarily about like a single rollout, an album rollout, whatever, it'll kind of just be broken down into these sections of what do you want this overall brand to feel like? And so it'll just be kind of like reference images of Hmm. colors, materials, patterns, textures, other artist brands, things like that. Just like all in this mishmash, kind of imagine it like you would just an Instagram feed. It does that all look good together. Um, Hmm. So you kind of put that all in one place and then you break it down into like even the more granular parts of it. Like what is the logo? Um, Why do I want the logo? Like, do, do I want the logo to communicate like a sense of darkness or minimalism or maximalism or any of those things? What typefaces mm-hmm. do I like with regards to those things? Um, all, all of that we would kind of uh, present. And mm-hmm. then that would then be kind of just a very collaborative conversation with that person um, or team of like, what do you like on this mood board? What don't you like? Is this hitting the right vibe for you? Um, mm-hmm. If it's not, then it becomes a little bit more like they start providing their own images because they kind of see how the outline should be broken down. And are, and I think once you kind of just have an outline in mind, it makes it a lot easier to kind of just like go out into the world and gather your own inspiration um, if you have a structure already. Sure. Like, so what's the point of doing all this? What are you, what are why does somebody do this and how is this helpful to you? And then what do you do once you have this, this board put together and the moods and all of that? Why do this? So it's because ultimately, like when you're talking about a brand, there are just like physical, practical realities of what that brand needs to have. Um, There are all these spaces that this brand is going to exist. Obviously, it'll be social feeds, um, but it'll also be like, what are the music videos look and feel like? What are the ads like? Um, What how are you styled? Um, what your other photo shoots look like, whether they be press photo shoots or photo shoots for actual um, just like outlets and press outlets and things like that. Mm. Um, so all of those things have like like requirements for submission. So they'll need like your logo. They'll need, of course, the photos themselves. They'll need like the creative mm. direction for those photos. Ideally, you have a website. You have like a very um, like rich and filled out social platform. Like all mm. of those things have like graphic pieces that need to be submitted to them. And so Mm -hmm. in the interest of not spinning our wheels too much and just like making a graphic and then going, no, that's not it. And us just Mm -hmm. kind of like slogging forward terribly the entire time, Mm -hmm. we like to establish like what this should all feel like so that we kind of have created a North Star for ourselves. And that way, when we get down to the business of actually creating the logo that is that person's name or actually creating um, the tour poster that supports this entire thing, it looks and feels like something we've all already agreed on. Like Mm. this world has existed in our mind. understand the colors, the typefaces, the, the movement of it all, um, mm-hmm. and these new these new graphic components that we have now made um, match that really well and so does communicate what we want. 
Yeah, so it's it's you have a a common understanding uh you the the creative lead i guess and the mm-hmm. artists themselves that it's not like an opinion of oh i like that i don't like that because that's not really helpful um Correct. it's is this in is this within the world that we have created collectively and that's when people say is this on brand what that yes. actually means is this like we have established this world together we've agreed on it based on the questionnaire based on the mood board and now everything should basically fall in line within this world. So, for instance, like I'm going to give a very specific case. It's like we're hiring a photographer. We need to do a photo shoot. Now, I, I see artists fall into this trap all the time. They they hit up a photographer and they say, hey, I, I want to do a – I need new photos for this album campaign or something like that. And they're, the photographer's like, awesome. And they're like, all right, so what are, what are your thoughts? I don't know. You come up with it. You you decide. And then they say yeah. to the photographer, and the photographer's <laughs> like, cool, I'll take you down underneath this bridge that I like to take bands to, and then we're going to just do a photo shoot under the bridge. And that's just yeah. like <laughs> totally not unique, which is – and then it's like, okay, you are now uh, – if I see you in this position, like you've now outsourced – your entire art aesthetic identity to somebody who has no idea what your project is is like and and just threw you in the midst of all the other projects they worked with and like oh all right we're going to use my artistic vision for what i like even though it may have absolutely nothing to do with who you are what you like or anything like that and then they get the photos back and they don't understand why they don't like them because the the photographer is so cool and it's they're just unoriginal i don't really understand why and no concept so so is that kind of the reason that you're creating this world in aesthetic? Exactly. Yeah. You need okay. a roadmap to all of this, not only to appropriate, like effectively communicate what this brand and what this brand is and like what the personal expression of this person is in a cohesive mm. way, but definitely so that down the road when these actual things are getting made, no one is disappointed or thinks that it just like doesn't resonate with the brand itself. Like it, mm. it has to feel like it's part of the world. They all have to be part of the same family. Um, mm-hmm. so that, yeah, so that you're not getting these products back and going, what the fuck, like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't look like me. This doesn't feel like me also when other, other things get made, um, that ideally would be support materials for those things. They don't just look completely out of whack and just mm-hmm. completely dissimilar from what exists before. So yeah, exactly. You need that roadmap in advance gotcha. so that everyone agrees and is on the same page. Okay. And now, um, now I want to zoom out a bit and I want to get the, why is this important from a philosophical conceptual level? Why does anybody need to care about this stuff? It should just be all about the music, man, right? Isn't it all about the music? Why does the, do I have, why do I have to concern myself with anything else? The music yeah. should bring people in. That's all I care about. And I mean, look, sometimes that is actually true. Like I, I won't, I won't actually take away from that. I do think absolutely the like there, there are a remarkable number of creators out there who have incredible music and shit brands and they are just, they're doing just fine. So it's not necessarily something that you need to kill yourself over if that is just not the way your brain works and it's completely out of uh, the realm of possibility for you to handle at the, mm. at the early onset of your career. But that said, um, what if you are a little bit more inclined to think about what brands might mean for you and why you need it, it definitely packages you in a way that makes you just a lot more immediately understandable, recognizable, and like 
comprehensible to anyone that might want to work with you or listen to you. Um, mm -hmm. It also makes it easier to like find you. Like if you kind of just have this immediate like brand recognition of, oh, I just like see um, like this billboard on the side of the road and I just get like a quick glimpse, glimpse of it. Oftentimes you can recognize what brand that is because they've done such a good job of communicating those colors, those shapes, those styles to you mm -hmm. um, over time. And like artists really are well served from doing a similar thing. Um, mm -hmm. If they're kind of just like, anyone's like, oh, that's so-and-so, they start to create this legacy of what, who they are and how that gets communicated out into the world. Um, and it just like makes a much bigger mark. It leaves a much bigger impression in people's minds. Obviously everyone is extraordinarily visually oriented and to give them something more to chew on, to make the world a little bit broader than purely the music um, mm -hmm. gives you, I think a much better foothold in their minds. Um, mm -hmm. And it just like in their long-term recall for who you are and what you're all about. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's just another avenue to communicate your messages and your thoughts and who you are as a person. Um, and if you do that really well, then not only will the fans be interested in you, but certainly mm -hmm. like it gives you um, a lot more credibility when you're trying to uh, like find a manager or get signed to a company or have press outlets care about you at all. Like it just looks like you have your shit together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot yeah. better. You've been thoughtful about every part of your project. Sure. And, and that's a great point. You've been thoughtful about your project because um, if you take great care with the branding, it shows that I care about this as a business and it's not yeah. just uh, that I like making music in my bedroom and everybody should worship me for it. It's like yeah. I want to turn this into a business and so this is part of the business aspect of it. And so, yes, when you're enlisting team members like a manager or potentially a label or something like that, like, oh, this person understands they are creating a business. They're not just, uh, you know, high and mighty about their music. And it's like, I only really want to work with people who are serious about the business because if I, as like a manager, it's like, if, if I want to, you know, I'm going to need to get paid too. And if they don't understand that this is going to be a business, like I'm not going to make any money as a manager. So why would I want to work with them? And like, so I, that, that makes total sense. Um, yeah. Now, on the fan perspective, um, I, I get the the sense because it's like um, the feeling of what you get from from seeing maybe their photos or the videos or the album cover or the font or the website or whatever. Um, theoretically, I guess the feeling should feel the same as when they're listening to the music or something, yeah. right? Or it's like in that yeah, realm. Ideally. It, yeah, it you helps. don't want it to be, yeah, you don't want it to be like so alarmingly different that people are like, <laughs> what is this again? Yeah, like, I don't really yeah. understand. It, it, it's just, yeah, like drawing the story, drawing the narrative, the overall narrative of like the brand, the music, et cetera, all of that together in a way that just like makes sense. And it's just mm. a much more like direct A to B con like connection for people. Um, mm. I do think the way that that happens has started to shift. I feel like when I got into this seven years ago, um, mm there was a lot more of this like heavy, like glossy marketing perspective that would just kind of enter every single one of these brands. Um, everything had to be run by the marketing departments. Everything had to be signed off on, which I always felt was just like a little odd when it comes to music because mm -hmm. music kind of just issues um, like just this like extreme sh like marketing structure in a way that other brands maybe or other industries don't necessarily do. It's mm -hmm. like so much more about elevating this person and who they are as opposed to just like communicating to this demographic that this means this and you should buy this mm. like it's just mm -hmm. it's different um and especially now with just the way that social media runs so much of the campaigns for these people 
um, there is much more of a sense of like, you don't have to be quite so manufactured. You don't have to be so glossy. You can be just like a lot more off the cuff with everything. Mm. Um, and I th- it seems as if that's a lot more appealing to people now. And I get it. Like, it's just kind of annoying at a certain point to be oversold to and feel like everything is just like this incredible, like perfect product. Um, right. everything is so aspirational that it is no longer relatable or interesting to whoever is listening um mm-hmm. so it gets to be like a lot more stripped down now and i'm very appreciative of that i, I like so that then, a lot great so so um that's a great point now how has your strategy how how have your strategies evolved and shifted because of the new reality where it's not uh doesn't need to be so so uh, glossy and packaged and uh and, you know, quote unquote, uh, professional or whatever. How do you now work with that? And then what are the the goals that you're uh, trying to achieve when you when you start to work with new artists um, on, on upcoming campaigns? Yeah, um, so I think they're like, absolutely, there is like the initial point of like, we want to elevate this, we want to make this all look like it's part of the same world. But beyond that, I think um, we're taking a lot more care in the like number of people that we're working with, because it seems like especially at these early levels, these artists just need like so much more time and attention. And you have to be so much more flexible with what the plan is, um, as opposed to with a, a giant global act, there is this sense of, okay, like here's the marketing plan, here's the timeline, here's what we're doing. Like you're interfacing with so many different entities that you do have to be a lot more strict about what that is. But mm. when you're with like a, a growing artist, um, you're kind of really just learning so much about like what their fan base is and who they actually care about. And so it's like, um, you kind of just have to be ready at a moment's notice to just be like, I don't know, this is popping off on TikTok. Let's do something fun here. Or we notice that your fans are constantly just like screaming this particular thing at you in the comments. Why don't we make that product? That would be fun. They seem like they would like it and they're just harassing you about it anyway. Like you just have Mm. to be so much more um, attentive to all Mm. of these different people and you have to care about them because since the fan bases are smaller, their individual voices carry a lot more weight, I think. Um, Well, you bring up a great point. Personal is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Personal, (laughs) malleable, uh, reactive, maybe. Yeah, for Uh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Because traditionally, I mean, I was looking through some of the campaigns that you did, I mean, for these like superstar artists and I'm like, man, I imagine it probably took you, it was probably like months of preparation before the rollout and releases uh, for Some those. Some of them. Okay. <laughs> Some are very, very <laughs> close. Yeah, yeah. Music, music is chaos, as you know. Like, it is, yeah. Like, as um, a, yeah, yeah. Best laid plans. But like where we are then. now and, and yeah, and, and like where we are now, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I think even looking at some Instagram profiles or TikTok uh, feeds of of some fairly large artists, and it's like it's I don't want to say there's no rhyme or reason, and that it doesn't feel like a cohesive brand like you would see from an artist ten years ago that was like pumped up by a, a major label. Um, but it does feel much more personalized, yeah. um, and that it's like almost the it's almost like the a lot of the new artists were, and I'm I'm talking kind of like newer, younger um, artists that are almost like repulsed from the gloss and the sheen, yes. and and that's even like the TikTok community too. Is this like, oh yeah, we know that that videos that are 
the it seems like the more money you spend on a video, the less well it's going to do on social media these days. Yeah, they're they're kind of like there's kind of this reaction of like fuck you, like we don't want to see an right. ad, like get that shit out of here, <laughs> right. we don't care. Um, yeah, yeah, they're there's like hugely reactive, like it, exactly as you're saying, they they do feel very like repulsed. Um, they don't mm-hmm. like it. I, I remember just like at the beginning, even just like a year ago on TikTok, everyone just being like, we hate celebrities. This is like the anti-celebrity app. We don't want we don't want to talk to them, and we don't want them here. Like one <laughs> of them is fine, and the rest of the time no no thank you um i think that's changing a lot obviously everyone has downtime now so everyone's fucking using tiktok um and they're as a result the normies are a lot more interested in like their celebrities being on the app for sure Sure. um but in like it seems as though the kind of just the younger generations are a lot more interested in people being unfiltered and less glossy Mm. so yeah it, it it does help to just be reactive and to care about those fans instead of just adhering to a strict plan or so then it begs the question in the state of the industry where we are right now uh is it necessary to uh have somebody like you on the team helping guide the process and if so um like where are you where would someone like you like a, a, a creative uh what what do you what what's your job title what do you call yourself uh, creative director. Um, creative director. but that means it's like kind of ambiguous because a lot of people just take different paths to get into creative direction anyway. And mm-hmm. so like a lot of people have different disciplines that fall beneath that title regardless. So sure. I do creative direction. So I guide, of course, the overall creative of a project, but mm-hmm. my own personal disciplines in addition to that are design and illustration and like video editing and stuff like that. Um, so I tend to execute a lot on those things, like very specifically under mm-hmm. the guise of the project, whereas some just purely hire other people to execute on their vision and they don't actually do the kind of like on the ground stuff. Real quick, I want to let you know about DistroKid. Well, I'm sure you already know about DistroKid, but they are partners with Ari's Take, and they are a great company that can help get your music distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all of that. Over a million artists use DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I have distributed some of my music in the past. And something I appreciate about DistroKid as not just an artist, but someone who studies this space is they have been one of the most innovative companies over the last 10 years. They came in and completely changed the game. One of the first companies offering unlimited uploads, and now most of the other distributors have had to change their policies to kind of copy and follow suit uh, what DistroKid was doing, and the industry had changed, of course. DistroKid doesn't keep a commission. That means you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings from the DSPs. They also offer payment splitting. They call it splits, something that for me at this point is a deal breaker. I don't want to have to cut checks to all my collaborators and the producers and everybody else that is owed royalties and owed splits from my earnings. DistroKid will cut those checks directly. You can get them to uh, your collaborators to sign up, and then DistroKid will cut all the checks to all your collaborators. And they were one of the first to offer that of the DIY self-service distributors. DistroKid continues to innovate. Check them out. If you need to get your music out there, districtkid.com. So, I mean, so that makes a lot of sense because, like, (laughs) right, um, you know, I I saw some of the projects that you were working on, uh, uh, like the higher budget ones. It's like you're cited as creative director, but then there was like 15 other people that were part of that. Like, we had the photographer, we had the designer, we had the da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, of course, most indie artists can't afford that, but um, all those people. So, it's nice to know that, okay, you have um, all these abilities. 
And so if someone's going to bring you on the team uh, for a project campaign or just for a little while, um, I'm assuming part of your roles is not just kind of like coming in with a brilliant vision, but it's also like executing, uh, creating yes. some of the designs, the graphics, or even just like helping them with rollout. Yeah, absolutely. I do every okay. single one of those things. I personally prefer it that way. I think um, mm. like I've been kind of trying to reach out to other creative directors over the last year just to kind of understand a little bit more about what other people's approaches are like. Um, sure. And it seems as though people have been in the game for quite some time, like 10, 15 years. Um, they start to get like a little bit weary of that part and they like to just kind right. of like, leave it behind. And I understand that. I think at some point I will certainly like burn myself out on getting involved in to this degree in all of these projects. Sure. But for the time being, um, I do love being the architect of like so many different parts of it. I love actually mm. getting to make these things. Um, I think, I, I think that that was what ultimately like brought me into this field. I was a designer. I prefer it that way, and I mm. don't know that I ever actually really wanted to leave that behind. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just mm -hmm. so interesting, and I'm just very passionate about it. But also, there are definitely like a lot of people just like me who are sort of um, like sort of like multi hyphenate in their in their their skill sets, and they will bring sure. that to an artist project. So. Do you need someone like me? Not necessarily, but I think at minimum, you probably do want a good designer on your team because yes. even if they're not like someone who's like, okay, we should like position you in this magazine and we should have you do this thing right now with this video and like work with these directors and all that stuff. Like right. that's stuff that you kind of build up over time being in the industry. You learn who these people are and like who would be good to bring into the project. But at least at like from the onset, just having someone who is like a good visual artist who can advise mm -hmm. you on like whether or not that just like looks shitty next to the adjacent thing would mm -hmm. be good. Um, mm -hmm. I think that at minimum, um, it's not a, a requirement, but it's something that's good to have. Like I think yeah. it will, it, that's like, that would be my first hire personally. <laughs> sure. Um, so I'm curious, um, what you've been seeing as kind of the we, we touched on the trends a little bit of where things are shifting at least in in more of the uh mainstream uh realm i i guess on uh, the younger realm um yeah. but in terms of like more specifically when we're talking about um instagram websites uh i guess tiktok to an extent what are you seeing in the trends in in like what is working uh, what is effective, like what the algorithm is responding to, if you've even gotten that granular with it all, or or even just like knowing what, yeah. what is reacting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is obviously like you can just like get into the analytics panels of like a million and one different versions of this. So mm -hmm. like a lot, I, oftentimes, especially at Scooter, we would be working with um, like the digital department. So they would have a lot of like, a great amount of sense of what is actually working there. Um, yeah. Instagram, I mean, if you kind of just need to be present on all of these platforms and it's mm -hmm. tough because there is just like a huge content ask of you like of yes. the entire time. Instagram would say that you should be posting something like a couple times a day and you should be posting a multitude of stories a day. They're really, really pushing very hard for people to use like IGTV and IG Reels. So if mm -hmm. you're posting that to your feed, that's a big deal. They love well, you're that saying shit. Instagram, like, you think multiple posts a day or, or multiple stories a day? I have seen I have seen people say like multiple posts a day if you're a growing account, but it's more like wow. one a day if you're like a major account. If that, I think, and you can like definitely get away with like not doing that as like a right, major right. account. Um, but it, it's oh my gosh, it's just like it's so hectic. It's like such a mm. huge content ask, and I think that's also a little bit why so many people are just like moving over to TikTok a lot of the time. Yeah. I just like see that being uh, like people's home base a lot more 
for the growing artists than mm -hmm. ever before. It's like there, there are so many people that come to us because they've had stuff pop up pop up on TikTok, yeah. and they're actually doing really well. Like their streaming mm -hmm. numbers are fantastic. I like used to kind of disregard it a little bit as sort of this this I don't know maybe they will have this groundswell for this one song, but it won't really matter in the long term. Does it mm -hmm. mean anything for building your long term legacy or fan base as an artist? I don't know. And now like for sure it does. <laughs> like they mm -hmm. they absolutely care about that. Um, and it's just like so much more accessible. I think the algorithm seems to care a lot more, <laughs> like it seems to promote these people a lot better than um, is the case on Instagram. And so there's a lot of mm -hmm. sort of like mixed feelings on um, still using Instagram and what that even looks like right now for right. accounts. <laughs> like, wow, so wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you help with um, uh, TikTok strategy and content there? Sort of, yeah. I mean, we we have certainly started to. I've been spending just a shit ton of time on it. Um, hmm. So we definitely like help out with, um, we work with uh, this artist, Elena Castillo, who kind of like got her start just being this ASMR artist hmm. um, within like YouTube and on like, kind of on TikTok more. Um, and so she started just like putting up a lot of her own original songs and covers on TikTok. So we've sort of started to help a little bit with what those videos look like. But again, um, being that it's TikTok, they're really not looking for anything that's just like extraordinarily premium all the time. Right. Um, so it still is her just like filming in her apartment with a green screen. And we just like throw some shit on the, onto that green yeah. screen and like see what happens. Um, and that's kind of it. And her talent is really like what carries it more than anything. Um, mm. But yeah, so just like keeping it a little bit more more flexible like that is important. And on TikTok, yeah, it's, it's almost... It's kind of impossible to predict what's going to do well, but sure. it, it's a lot. It's a lot more forgiving to throw shit at the wall at TikTok. So yeah, fine. no, absolutely. I was I was just talking yeah. to an artist manager um, of a, a fairly large artist, um, or fairly large artists. He has on his <laughs> roster, and he was saying. Um, TikTok is almost like buying a lottery ticket every time yes. and the more lottery <laughs> tickets you buy like one of them can pop off but you it's just like you can't even really uh, the algorithm is so crazy like you don't even know like I was I was kind of um <laughs> unsure about it for a while and didn't really understand where it would fit with our business or or just even yeah. how artists are using it but like it's so nuts. I mean, like we already say started a TikTok and and just putting up little little tips here and there and like, you know, started with zero followers like everybody else and we had four followers. Uh and then the second video we posted gets a hundred thousand views. We're like, how does this happen? Like I don't even understand yeah. how that thing and and it's, it's like, man, we grew more followers more quickly <laughs> on that platform than we've done on any other platform. And I see this across the board with artists, but I also see artists that, you know, struggle with it and post 30 videos and they're all, nothing's really connecting. It's like, I, I don't really understand yet, but I do understand the power. It's hard. And yeah. That, yeah. So can you yeah. like, I mean, when you're working with artists and like, man, okay, what's, what's the deal here? Uh, what is the strategy when it comes to that kind of stuff? And in, in terms of like, do you just like, just come up with a bunch of crazy ideas and like, let's just try them out or? Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. Like it's, it's, it's so experimental. It's really not a, like a, a classic strategy. It's just like, okay, like what is going on? Like in the mm -hmm. world today, like what kind of like fun little trend things can you hop on? Does it make sense for you to hop on this trend or is it just like lame for you to do so? Right. Um, should you be um, exhibiting your skill set? Should you be giving people like behind the scenes of how these things are coming to life? Should you be talking about like the technical learning side of it that you are using to get into all of it? Like, I don't know. I, I think it's really worthwhile to just like try so many different things. And we often just have our artists do that kind of thing, which is just mm -hmm. like be experimental and certainly come to us with their ideas. And also 
like sometimes we'll kind of like guide it a little bit more specifically, but it's so much more about just, I think being a little bit like unfiltered and available to the app. <laughs> so do you like, find yeah. um, that you you're getting much resistance or pushback uh, from artists who are just like, you know what? I don't, I'm this, this isn't me. I'm not like, this isn't my brand. I'm just like, I'm not, I don't want to mm. be jumping and doing like this trend is not me. Like this is so far outside of what I'm doing. And, and like, if you do find any of those kinds of resistance or critiques, like what do you say to those people or, or what is like, how do you refocus the, the discussion? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of always a sort of compromise that you'll be coming to with different artists is does this feel right for them or does it feel like just so alien to them that they will look and feel uncomfortable doing it and that will just not grab onto the audience anyway. Um, So if someone like feels an extreme sense of opposition to something and just like absolutely hates it, doesn't feel like them, like no way I'm going to ask them to do that. Mm. Um, But like there are some trust me moments, which is just like, this is really funny and people really love this. Like, please, like you, you are humorous. You are smart. You are good. Like just, just try it out. Um, and if they can kind of like see their way to um, like it elevating the parts of themselves that they really, really enjoy, then mm. they will be a lot more amenable to like actually trying it out. Um, but I really mm-hmm. honestly haven't seen much resistance to that at all. Like, especially with the younger artists we work with, like they kind of get it and they've been brought up mm. in this just internet, um, <laughs> this ridiculous internet swamp and they are just mm. so much more capable um, of expressing themselves in that space than older mm-hmm. artists are. Um, that said, like the older artists have probably just been built up on other platforms anyway. And so if they're like, I don't really feel like I need to do this, they're probably right. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they've already kind of like made their mark and are still seeing an, an, an exceptional amount of growth on these other platforms. So like why yeah. they elude their attention, but it also is just exhausting. So maybe not. Sure. <laughs> maybe you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. Um, when it comes to, uh, I've, I've noticed the kind of an evolution of what the artist calling card is over the years, you know, and it's like, maybe, you know, initially we started with the website and it's like, okay, the artist has the website and that's like, used to be called kind of the hub, um, that yeah. everything spoke off from, um, but now it kind of shifted and it was like for a while it was, I mean, you can even get earlier if you go way, 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 way back. It's like, okay, we had MySpace profiles oh, and yeah. that was like what it was. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, dude, that was the art. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like, right. So it's like, okay. So that was like, let's say the beginning of this like kind of new music business, indie uh, internet era. And it's like, all right, that was at the time, the only real thing that was the artist calling card. That's all you really needed. Then as MySpace kind of died and shifted, we were, we were we are branching off and it's like, all right, well, the website's important. People are then moving over to Facebook pages, to YouTube. Uh, that was kind of, it was split there. Then we've evolved. And now for a while, it was like Instagram was kind of the entire artist identity and was like this, this, uh, almost like the the new artist calling card. And it was like, you yeah. know, we don't have business cards anymore. Some artists don't even have websites. It's kind of just like, find me on Instagram. Yeah. Is what it was. <laughs> Where are we now? And like, what is important? What are important assets for artists to have and to think about um, in the, like right now where we're at in, in 2021? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, yeah, you can kind of build up your hub in a number of different places. It's kind of just like, where did the fans immediately congregate? Where are you finding them? So if you have just a ton on Instagram, then focus a lot of your attention on that. Same with Twitter. I mean, Twitter is an interesting platform for musicians, but yeah, um, that that could be an interesting space. Definitely TikTok. I so rarely see interesting metrics based on artists' actual web pages. Like if they're not 
some of the like global superstars that it's like the, <laughs> the number of clicks you're seeing on these websites are just absolutely negligible. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's important to at least have kind of like a splash page up purely so that your name exists in these rankings. Um, mm -hmm. And especially if you're kind of like selling stuff, you want it to like exist in, you want it to exist on that page. You want to at least have like an email sign up link. Um, mm -hmm. You would want to have like one just place where like all of your music can kind of be clicked out to. Of mm -hmm. course, like the music would likely be present on any number of DSPs. So you would want to have links to all of those within the mm -hmm. website. So for sure have a website, but does it really matter in terms of what people are looking at? Does it need to be like crazy and really built out? Absolutely not. Like just mm -hmm. get a Squarespace with a couple links on there. Um, mm -hmm. Like I think that's important. And then one of the things I find that we're most, we really focus on most of all are kind of just like, uh, like vertical videos and squares. Like if you just like mm. have promotional graphics that exist in those formats, um, and perhaps like 16 by nine wides, it's like, you can advertise yourself on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, any of those places, like, and just like have it immediately kind of all feeding back to whatever the main pages that you would like to point to. Um, I really see so many artists just using Instagram as their main hub, but that's where mm -hmm. we do like so much of the selling, so much of the infor immediate informing. Mm -hmm. Obviously people are going to see it right away as opposed to having to take the action of clicking on your website and actually going to it. Um, mm -hmm. Like obviously they just want it to be fed to them. So that, yeah, like using a social media platform as your main hub is obviously just the way that everyone does it now. <laughs> like sure. no, no one uses websites. Okay. So, right. So, so Instagram is still kind of the main hub that you're seeing for now. Yeah. Okay. In, in terms of like, yeah, in terms of an informational hub, for sure. In terms mm -hmm. of like the way you're actually like building a lot of interest fast. I don't know as much about that, but like keeping mm -hmm. your fans informed and engaged, sure. I think Instagram. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. And that algorithm is, it's so interesting and it's so yeah, frustrating. It's so mysterious. Be, so yeah. mysterious. I don't understand <laughs> it at all. Like I, it's so frustrating when like I'll post something we're like, uh, I just released a, a new single and I was like, all right, we had the rollout and great. The first announcement of it, uh, which was just kind of the, the single cover with some music behind it, like did really well and, and it informed everybody yeah. and people are great. And they click through and you listen. It's like, okay, that did well. Followed up a couple days later with like another, I thought, a couple really great photos in carousel form from the same photo shoot. Like really good stuff. And like the algorithm squashed it and nobody seemed to care about it. I'm like, wait, I don't understand. It's like yeah. this is – and it doesn't it, – I, I can't grasp it. And I'm like it was all you know perfectly in brand on brand. It was in the realm. It was in the world. It was the same photographer. We had the, all those discussions and vision boards and everything you're talking about. And then yeah. at the end of the day, it's just like a photo, a selfie of me on a run or something would do better than like what just happened, which was like this very expensive photo uh, photo shoot, which was perfectly in brand, telling the story, helping telling the story. And it's like, when it comes to that, it's like, well, then what's even the point? <laughs> I know it feels so deeply unfair. Um, <laughs> it's, it's horrible. Like it's such a, that's what makes it just like such and music, especially such an exhausting slog is like mm -hmm. getting people to care about these things that you did. And since so many of these people are just going to be funding these things themselves from the jump, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh my God, like what should we actually care about? Like what should we actually marshal our funds for? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing. Um, I think, yeah, as as much as possible, like keeping those creative costs down are are an important thing. And that's why I think like having just kind of one person that's a little bit more multi-talented in that way to kind of like mm. guide and like promote in certain ways is important because it's like, they'll, even if it's just like a selfie, they'll be able to make it look kind of good. Um, mm. I remember when we were kind of starting with Elena, we noticed that like 
her like her, definitely her like her selfies would get like so much more attention than like a lot of the press shots that we would do so we really just focused on that for a while like we did huh. maybe two press shoots a year at that point obviously we've only been working with her for like about a year um sure. but i think we've done like just a handful of press shoots in that time we're using just kind of like emerging photographers or people that were kind of like her friends and then mm -hmm. we'll like me and my partner will kind of just like take those photos and kind of just I don't know like brighten them up like add like kind of add her color palette to it that kind of thing so cool. that way like it looks like it's in the world it still like is on brand to a degree mm -hmm. but it didn't cost her an arm and a leg to do it um yeah. and I think when you're when you're growing like that that just makes so much more sense like don't waste all of your money on these like giant like huge music videos with like these crazy narratives and stuff like that people just like kind of wanted to like be you know like fresh and original and like look kind of pretty but it doesn't need to be like this insane commercial endeavor it really doesn't right and i think it is important um always to ask yourself like what is the reason that i'm doing this like why would yeah. i make a music video if like i don't have like what am i hoping for here what is the goal and what is the purpose of doing these and, and like understanding you know i i always like I always have those, I ask the artists these questions and, and the why is like the most important question always because there is no real, there's no correct answer that you can just say, well, you should be doing this because yeah. like nobody can tell anyone what they should be doing in this new music business. Yeah. It's like, but what are your goals? Oh, if your goal is this, then maybe this might, these five things might help you achieve that goal. And your goal is going to be different from any other artist out there. So it's like, I can't tell three artists who have wildly different goals. Oh, you must do this. Or, Oh, this is how you run yeah. your Instagram. It's like, no, well, like what's your goal. And then yeah. once you kind of decide like what the goal is and then how are you going to achieve that? It's, it's also more so, why do I want to do this? And why yeah. am I making a video? Why are we doing this photo shoot? What am I trying to tell? Who am I trying to reach? And and all of the why that goes along with that. Absolutely true. And yeah, I think it's an incredibly important series of questions to ask yourself and to come to an understanding of that. Because if you are, if you, if, if the answer ends up being something along the lines of, well, I've been seeing other artists do it and they seem to be successful with it. It's kind of <laughs> like, well, like, will it be successful for you? And also if it doesn't actually feel like it's coming from you or feel like it matches your vibe, then you yourself are going to get extraordinarily burnt out trying to make that happen and spinning your yes. wheels against it. It's just, yes. yeah, I don't know. That's, it's such a difficult thing. I just definitely see people like forcing themselves to do like these crazy promo runs or come up with these different things. And it's like, it didn't really hit because it didn't really feel like them. And then they hated doing it anyway. So like, yep. what was the point? <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> like it was a bummer all around. Right, right. And yeah. and it's like, I, I keep going back to like the, um, you know, press photos versus just your selfies versus like, where are these going? Why are we doing this? What's the point of it? And it's like, okay, you know, if you really think about traditionally yeah we would do the the you'd get some press photos for an album campaign or something like that and a lot would be built around those press photos maybe the album cover maybe you know tour posters maybe and it was kind of all in that realm yeah. now because yeah you got to be posting it theoretically if you want to be uh engaging with the audience and what the social platforms are saying are best practices to work their algorithm yeah uh, if yes, you want to play the game they've taught you how to play the game and you, you know yeah. you do whatever you want to do but like if you want to play the game uh it's like yeah you need a lot of content to be posting regularly and it can be all over the place. So it's like, well, do you waste the, a very high priced photograph uh, from this album shoot that you did on an Instagram post, or do you hold back those photos for maybe a, a, uh, a, a high profile 
press uh, interview where they yes. want some, uh, you know, they, they want exclusive photos or something like that. Yes, I absolutely think so. Because it's like those press outlets are the ones that like, ex exactly, like they do care about that. Like the DSPs, their profile photos there, they care about like hmm. glossy photos, press outlets care about glossy photos, fans do not <laughs> care about mm -hmm, those things mm -hmm. as much, um, especially at the beginning. So yeah, I think I think you absolutely save your money for quite some time. And like you wait until it seems as though you're getting some genuine pickup in a world outside of just like everyday human beings who are engaging with you. Um, and at that point, then you then you like create like a larger architecture there. Um, and mm -hmm. you can use those for so long. Like I just think about, I think back to like this, um, uh, I think back to like some of Billie Eilish's photos from her first album. And it's like, she got so much mileage out of those like she used yeah. those for like a year <laughs> and i feel like to that end you definitely can kind of get away with just having like one solid press shoot at some point when it seems like you're actually getting some pickup using those strategically within the actual outlets that care about them and then mm -hmm. just being a little bit more personal um with the fans the fan base that you're building from the jump you, so it's like don't waste that money <laughs> like don't do it yeah no but but you're right and it's just like where are the best use cases for uh these images and like you said the dsp so like on Spotify and Apple, that that cover photo up top or in the about section on Spotify, they like they like to know they like to see those those brand defining photos, the photos that kind of represent you who you are. They don't want to see like, you know, shoddy selfies thrown up there that that's not no, um, something that's going to help to you. Use them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they're like much more willing to like marshal their forces behind it if they know they got an exclusive photo. And if it was like a very like clean, nicely taken photo that they can use in other brand materials. So mm -hmm. obviously, like with a lot of these things where it's like if you're in Spotify's radar program or something like that, then um, like they'll want like very specifically architecture photos so they can take those and just use them in their own ads and run them like that and it's just right. you're much more likely to be like thrown on the cover of a playlist and used in these advertising moments if the photos are usable for an actual brand outlet so definitely sure. save it for those moments because you will need them for sure yeah yeah and it's like it's so um i i just i i um it's so astounding to me the evolution of uh I guess, aesthetic design, artistic, uh, creative design when it comes to artists and what is like what the trends are and stuff. Like I just discovered this artist, uh, Remy Wolf, who I was really digging on her new stuff. She just played Jimmy yeah. Fallon the other night. Um, but like, I don't know if you've seen her single covers, her album covers. I haven't. Uh, I'm familiar with the name for sure. Like I remember that rattling around. For all right. Quite some everybody time, look, yeah. just look up Remy Wolf's well, album cover. I'm going to, I'm going to put it up the screen so you can see it right now, but this cool. is one of her most popular oh, yeah. albums. <laughs> And it's it's just for people who are listening. It's like it's like someone who it, it's like you accidentally took a, a selfie and then you threw it into MS Paint and then put the extreme high contrast up on the photo editing app and you patchwork <laughs> something together and you intersplice like you put it on. It's like it's like traditional graphic design standards is the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 surprisingly like completely on brand for her and but like it's i'm almost 100 percent sure yes. she did this herself <laughs> you know and it's like well man yeah well, this is where Which, it's at it's like yes. whoa <laughs> yeah i yeah that's why i think it's like you don't know 
really need to have like this crazily architected thing mm-hmm. from the jump. You don't need to have like a like this whole design team and these creative directors, whatever. It's really just like, does this feel appropriate for you? Does it sound like yes. it's coming from you? And does it all yes. look cohesive when you look at it like that? Doesn't matter what right. the fuck it is. It can absolutely right. look like it was made by an intergalactic potato, like that looks like. But like that was so <laughs> right for her. <laughs> like, right. That right. makes so right. much sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it could be very much like that. Yeah. Right. And I, I think it's it's helpful for people to have those checks once in a while because it's like, okay, maybe they have a little bit of money to spend. And it's so challenging, especially for independent artists, to know where to spend their funds and to like give the checks. It's like, okay, who are you looking to target? Uh, what, you know, what is your, your, what are some of the goals that you've laid out and, and why do you want a branding a certain way, but also look at the landscape that's out there of things that are currently connecting to maybe the audience you're looking to reach and the audience that you're looking to reach. If this is what's trendy right now, something that like you've created yourself with like, or, or whatever it is, um, or that like just has that look and aesthetic, it's just like, oh, okay, well maybe we can spend our money more so on, uh, the marketing in like the ads or PR or, or something or, you know, something that's that's or maybe on like someone like you that, that can just kind of help guide the process and can be thinking about those things as well. Um, so I, I'm curious, uh, yeah. like you've now started this new company, um, Dead Happy, right? That's right. Uh, what is kind of your uh, model uh, now that you're off on your own? Uh, you're not at Scooter's company anymore. Um, are you kind of going for the 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 superstar artists like you had been working with, or are you kind of working with more indies? Or and then what's kind of the business model? I don't understand what your job title. Like I don't. I've never. <laughs> I like break it down for me. Like when someone's going to hire you or how this even works. And like, I don't even have a ballpark of what this is. Like, I know the range of what publicists charge. I know sure. what it costs for any of this, but I don't know what a freelance creative de- uh, developer, designer, um, uh, director, I mean, creative director like you <laughs> all do of yes. all of that. Yeah. So, so break that down for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, so we're interested in a number of different things. I think like both my my partner and I have been in the industry for about the same amount of time. And he himself, kind of his name's Chris Shelley. He came up as like an artist by himself to begin with. And then just discovered over years of that after like touring and having this crazy label deal and all of this stuff that he just really did very much love the like visual side of it. Um, and so mm. got into it that way. Um, but yeah, he like brought in Sean Mendez, like he and I met while we were both working on Ariana Grande. Like we have certainly gone through the ringer of like what these global pop stars, uh, like look and feel like and what they're interested in and like how they're making stuff. Um, and over that time, like a lot of what we just discovered was that we've really, really preferred to choose people based on, um, not only the quality of their work, but exactly like I was saying earlier, how willing they are to put in the time and to kind of just like be personable and engaged with you. Um, So we, while we are taking on and like working with like a couple more like bigger acts this year, um, we're so much more interested in just like working with people who may be like small or mid-tier artists because why, <laughs> like, I don't I don't know, you, you definitely don't want to subject yourself to the absolute insanity that can be those like upper level artists unless like you all are kind of just like deeply passionate about the project together and passionate about gotcha. the team that you've gotten there with. Um, okay. So yeah, so we're much, much more willing to like work with like smaller artists at this point because it's just like, 
the the love is much more there and like uh, you you have to deal with deal with far fewer like jaded teams and things like that sure. it's, just, it's it's a lot more it kind of just like reignited our passion for it when we started working with smaller artists so break so, down the business yeah. for me because it's like i know how photographers work i hire a photographer for a shoot i'm i yeah. we, it's in the contract i'm going to get x number of photos back it's going to be this kind of a thing we're going to do this kind of a day i know how the business works when i hire um a director to help me with make a music video or that kind of a thing and i have a budget I have no idea the business of creative directors and what you do. So you don't have to tell me what you charge, but tell me the ballpark. Just tell me how this industry works and like, what is it like a retainer? Is it per project? Is it here? I charge per post. Like I have no idea. Give me some, give me some ballparks here. Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll just be fully transparent about pricing because I feel like I had no idea what people were charging when I got into this and I thought that sucked. Um, so I'm I'm definitely willing to like get into that a little bit. Um, but so in creative direction, and again, I also definitely do like design, illustration, like photography, all of these other different things. And so mm-hmm. any one of those services can be hired independently or as part of like a whole package. Mm-hmm. So our like menu is sort of something that's just like, here's the overall creative direction thing. Um, and then we kind of get into the scope of work of what that actually means. And so that's like, all right, like we are going to be designing for you several single covers, an album cover. We are going to be providing a host of digital assets to support the rollout of all of those things. Um, Mm -hmm. whether that be like social media banners, um, advertisements, like YouTube pre-rolls, like Instagram stickers, like all of those different things. Like what are all the different items that get included in that? Are we making them or are we guiding like a label or another partner to make them on behalf of the artists that would Mm -hmm. get outlined early? Um, and then it's kind of like, yeah, like, are we doing like the artist logo? How many rounds of like the artist logo and revision are we doing? Um, are we doing a photo shoot? Like how long are we doing that for? Are we coming up with the entirety of the concept for the photo shoot? Or are we just like showing up and taking photos based on their concept, um, Mm. for music videos? Are we doing the concept, uh, another situation where it's like, are we doing the concept and coming up with the treatment or are we helping you find directors that would be good, a good fit for you? Um, like all of those things can exist. So it's like, It could be like a very just like broad top level kind of like, I think you should work with so-and-so. I think your Mm -hmm. album should look like this. And then hiring another designer or photographer or editor to come in and actually make that for us. Or it's saying, uh, great, like you would like us to do the entirety of that. So here is like the full package. Or Mm -hmm. it's someone coming to us and going, hey, like we just really want you to design the single cover. And then it's just like just doing the design for the single cover. Like Mm -hmm. it can be any one of those things. It can be a la carte. It can be like done as a package, all of that stuff. and as far as pricing goes, I think like with music, you just have to be extraordinarily flexible. Um, like it's a lot more straightforward if you're like working with a brand or like working in other parts of entertainment. There are like day rates that you could definitely adhere to, but with music, um, it's a lot more like because the budgets are so dramatically different from one artist to the next, like we try and just um uh, we try and adjust our pricing based on the actual size of the act um, and like mm-hmm. what they can kind of expect to bring in that year, just so that if we do want to work with them, it's not prohibitively priced for them. But if it is a giant act, obviously we're going to charge based on the fact that like this will be a hugely commercialized thing um, and mm-hmm. our work will be used and licensed globally. Um, mm-hmm. So you're kind of charging based on like how big you think it is going to be, how much the artists themselves can actually afford um, and all of those different things, certainly licensing, all of that. Mm-hmm. And like, or also like how much time is going into it. So we have like several different tiers of pricing structure. 
um, we would like for a single cover, probably charge something like a thousand or $1,500. And I will say this is like on the higher end. And that's purely because like, we're trying to take on a very small number of artists. We've been in the business for a long time. Um, and mm -hmm. we feel that we can offer a more premium product than we could when we started out seven years ago. So mm -hmm. our pricing has changed to reflect that. I would say like the prices I'm about to list are not necessarily ones that you would find at every level. And you could definitely find people that are cheaper than us. And maybe you shouldn't <laughs> like, sure. like definitely. Um, and so we'll kind of do for like an album rollout anywhere between like based on the size of the artist, anywhere between like 15 to like 40 or 50 K um, if, if it's just like a package, but then we also would start if, if we were doing a retainer instead of a package, we would do something like starting for the smaller artists at something like 3,500 bucks a month. Um, mm -hmm. And then we could scale anywhere from that up just to who knows what could be like $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month, depends on the size of the artist and what they're asking gotcha. us to do. Um, mm -hmm. Oftentimes that'll be the base retainer. And then if they're asking us to do outside of the scope, we'll just kind of scale it from there on a monthly basis. Like if there's a lot of and, other shit they're asking for. Sure. So. And when you, you mentioned um, license and thank you for that, that's, that's super helpful to even know what, what uh the this the realm this is in um the uh you mentioned licensing uh that kind of stuff what is typical in terms of the contracts uh when you create something you're the are you licensing it to them for their use or is this a work for hire are you giving up the rights uh to the artist who hired you or the label who hired you yeah, a lot of the time it's work for hire. Um, it's just one of those things where like with music, it's impossible to predict all the different places that this is going to go. And especially with smaller artists, it would just be insanely prohibitive to be like, hey, you have to kind of like license every single thing of the, every single part of this for every single thing that you're going to be doing. It's just impossible to do. Um, so when it comes to graphic art um, design, like merchandise design, things like that, it tends to be work for hire. It's kind of like product by product. And um, just to clarify, when you're saying work for hire, that means I'm hiring you, I'm paying you $3,500 a month, and everything you create for me in our contract says I own, you don't own, I own yes. now, and I can use it for whatever purposes I want. I don't have to come back to you for a license each time, and it's like exactly. I can do whatever I want with it. Okay, great. Exactly, great, great. yeah. Um, I think there are some levels at which like you do start to like some of the even like the the creative directors that exist on like a realm above what I exist at like are mm -hmm. more hardline about the licensing part of it. But um, the vast majority of people that I've worked with, and especially when it comes to working with smaller acts, it's like you just you just wouldn't be doing that. Like you would be signing work for hire. You would sign over the rights of all those things. Yeah, it does change if you're talking about like. Uh, like certain uses of logos and certainly when it comes to photography that is like a much right. different conversation yeah and that's really important to note because uh, a lot of people learn this the hard way with photography uh, typically the photographer always retains the rights to whatever they shoot at every yeah. level and this was like famously a case with Oprah where she yeah. included a photo in one of her books that she paid the photographer handsomely to shoot this this photo for her. And the photographer got paid. She paid for the photos. It was like so much money there. And the photographer ended up suing Oprah for including the photo in the book because she didn't actually license that specific photo for the book. And then most people yeah. were like, well, you already paid for it. I own it, right? I hired you as a photographer. You send me the photos. These are my photos now, right? Well, no. Yeah. It's it's actually you're just paying for the right you're basically licensing each usage more or less or like you know so i think that's a lot of artists run into that case and yeah. or, or sometimes they'll be surprised when the photographer uh preemptively 
puts the photos up on their Instagram or on their website and yeah. they're like, wait, you can't do that. We haven't even started the campaign. Like how can, how dare, like this is illegal. You get, it's like, well, it's not illegal. It's maybe might be bad form, uh, yeah. but the photographer theoretically can do whatever they want with it because they technically will always own that and are just licensing you the photos. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's, it's so different in that space. Yeah. You oftentimes like the conversation will be something like, all right, cool. Like here's the shoot. Um, here is like the agreement that we've come to about the shoot and what these photos can be used for. But on top of that, more often than not, you'd have to kind of like orchestrate some fractional or full buyout in order to actually get to use those for whatever purpose you want in, in perpetuity. Like it is yep. like a much more um, like nuanced conversation with photographers and people like that um, than anything else. And I think that is a good thing. I mean, that purely because I just just think like everyone like in an artistic endeavor I think everyone should be paid for their work I think like musicians should be getting paid a lot more they should be seeing a lot more kickbacks I think artists mm -hmm. across the board should be paid a lot more I think currently as it pertains to like creative direction and graphic design in the music industry you have much fewer protections and so you often are signing these work for hire agreements it's not something mm -hmm. that is like as competitive as you would be working on or manifesting with a photographer um mm -hmm. but i think at that end it's like it's kind of awesome like what photographers have going on but yeah. yes very much if, if you're if you're paying for that yourself something you have to be aware of and something you have to come to an agreement about very specifically in writing with that photographer like because yeah. people will absolutely come and sue you at any level and that sucks too <laughs> so yeah <laughs> totally no that's that's really important <laughs> yeah. and helpful cool well jess this has been amazing i've learned so much and i really appreciate you taking the time to to lay out everything you do and i think this has been so illuminating for a lot of the artists and managers who are listening who are just like you know want some help on their branding or even to know what all this is all, all about so i i uh, really appreciate that and and we will link um to you in the show notes uh and to more of your business and stuff like that um i have one final question that i ask everybody who comes on the show and you take yes, this any sure. which way you want to go but okay. uh, i'm curious <laughs> to know your thoughts what does it mean to you to make it in the new music business yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's very much just being at a space in your career where you are like routinely getting work, you're able to support yourself off of music and like the business that you do with the music specifically. That's crazy. What the hell? Like that is so <laughs> lucky. Um, and it is just kind of just staying incredibly engaged with the community around you, um, having a strong support network of people that are constantly engaging with you um, and just like staying kind of curious and active. Like it is a mm -hmm. constantly in flux industry and it is constantly reacting to so many different new technologies and things like that and i think just like saying constantly engaged as much as you can and on the forefront of all of those developments is just very crucial um and it's yeah it's nothing could be more successful to me than like just getting to rest easy at least i know a little bit about what is going on right now and like i yeah. get to engage with it and i get to make things for these emerging platforms technologies and artists i think mm -hmm. that is the peak of success <laughs> i cool. think that's awesome yeah. Well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a pleasure to talk with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it greatly. It's been awesome. Totally. episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. Uh -huh.